It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Google and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, it's another Monday morning which rolled around pretty quickly. I hope that you had a great weekend. Let's have a look at the main set of forecast with propertybuyer.com.au for Monday the 21st of March. And Sydney expecting a high today of 25 degrees and partly cloudy. Melbourne mostly fine with 27 degrees. Brisbane expecting a fine day with 27 and in Perth today, expecting a high of 29 and partly cloudy. And we're going to be talking in just a moment to Alice Stoltz, who is Domain's National Managing Editor. And in a recent opinion piece, uh, she said that we need to rethink the great Australian dream. Undoubtedly, property ownership makes an abundance of sense financially as well as practically, but it is more than that. She goes on to say, it's the security it brings today as well as tomorrow, and ultimately the sense of place and belonging. Well, let's bring Alice in. A very good morning, Alice, and welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Good morning, Craig, and thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And I should say, well done you for coming on to the program because you are still recovering from COVID. I am indeed. So hopefully listeners can forgive me if I sound a bit husky or, or the brain fog descends. But um, it's, it's been a tricky sort of period, but I, I feel like I've turned the corner now. How difficult has it been? Look, I, I, th- I think what's been hard for me to manage with it is that it's just been sort of consistently not feeling amazing, which is pretty tough for someone like me. I normally go quite hard and actively through life. So it's really sort of put the brakes on a lot of the things I love to do and not having a sense of um, taste or smell has been debilitating and it's kind of torn through my whole family. Children, husband, the whole lot have ended up with it. It hasn't been super fun, but um, that's just, it's just a sign of the times. And I suppose uh, technology, we're so lucky, aren't we? Here you are sort of communicating from where you are and we're able to sort of soldier on. I mean, gosh, can you imagine if we didn't have this? It's, it's been a lifeline to the outside world for me. So it's really created a large amount of solace having that access to technology, I've got to say. Well, I mentioned that, you know, the sense of place and belonging, it it is so true about belonging in this opinion piece that you wrote, as the home is a foundation that everything springs forward from, especially for a family starting out on the property ladder. And it seems in recent times, the basic notion of having that is kind of out of reach for many Australians, do you feel? Look, I really do think, and I think when we think about Australia, one of the things that people love about it is the access that we've traditionally all had to property. And we know it brings great financial rewards. For many, it brings security. But ultimately, it also brings shelter. And I think we can sort of get a bit deep in the weeds of property and and forget that it is providing that basic sense of, of shelter and protection as well as a place in community, which I think is just fundamental to a well-functioning democracy and society. And what about you yourself? Do you know people that have got this real challenging aspect of climbing into the property market? Look, we see it all the time, Craig, that people are feeling so um, overwhelmed about how are they going to access this? How can they live the life that they were raised up to dream about? How do they get into that market? 
And I think a lot of it is that idea of having to make concessions or compromises along the way. But I think for many buyers, they've, they, they think they have the luxury of automatically inheriting the dream that their parents had. And unfortunately, times have changed. And I suppose for me, I think it's important to think about for buyers to cut the cloth to the market that they're in. And we've seen such staggering increases in affordability over the past decade in particular, you know, exponential price growth. And I think that for many Australians, the dream of owning a house on a quarter acre block with, you know, a lovely garden and maybe a pool if they're lucky is just in reality out of reach. Yeah, and in your opinion piece, you went on to say that Australians should be able to access a home should they so desire and should they be willing to work for it, but it needn't be lavish and plush, as you say. It needn't be in a certain postcode and it needn't be a quarter-acre block. So do you think that some people haven't been able to recalibrate the current market trends to people's expectations? I think that's exactly what it is. And I think it's an assumption by many, and I don't say this disparagingly, but an assumption by many that they will have the house they grew up in. And I think times are, well, times have changed. And that's why I think it is about, um, particularly for first home buyers, perhaps going out in further suburbs out without thinking they're going to be able to buy the house around the corner from their parents and where they grew up or a beautifully renovated house. The property is all really about compromising. And I think it's just going to constantly test you about how much you're willing to compromise on to get that place in the market. I really like the, 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 the moment that you make in the, the piece about you and your husband buying your first home quite late. And with your first home, you had uh, three children in tow. So that era is probably a bit of a distant uh, memory. But what can you remember about that? My situation was quite strange. My husband and I moved overseas for over a decade. When we came back to Australia, we were suddenly almost 40-year-old first home buyers with three children. And, and I think the thing to remember is while everybody around us had sort of bought their house 10 years prior because we'd lived abroad, we hadn't done that. And what it meant was that we sort of, there was no way of catching up. And I see that amongst first home buyers all the time now, which is why I think, you know, if it's about buying an investment property to start off in the market, if you can do that, that's a better thing to do than doing absolutely nothing, I suppose. Because for us, we were just overwhelmed and we were happy to compromise on space. But the reality was we had three children, so we could only compromise to a certain extent in that regard. And that's why I really implore first-time buyers to really think about the size of the footprint they're buying in, the postcode that they're buying in, the type of property. You know, at the moment, units are much more affordable than houses, and that won't remain that way forever. But it is the case at the moment, and I do think it's an opportunity for first-time buyers if they can bend their mind around not having a big house, as we said, on a quarter-acre block, you could get an amazing opportunity with a unit that could be a fantastic investment property. So it's about thinking about that dream differently from how it was when we all grew up. Yeah, it's it's all about that recalibration. One of the things that I've really found fascinating and interesting is this whole rent vesting and how professional couples are staying in the CBD, but they are sort of buying outside of their location, perhaps outside of their state. I think that's a real phenomenon that's just sort of taken off over the last three or four years. It has. It's an incredible um, trend, I think. And what it does do is allow people to maintain the lifestyle that they want. Because we know, particularly for this current first home buyer generation, 
you know, that they do love the lifestyle they're living. And, and there was that obviously article years ago about sort of they're not willing to give up smashed avocado. And I think for many of them, it's really about they want to maintain a lifestyle that they, they feel they, they've sort of earned and that they deserve. And I think we have to respect that every generation is different. And that's what makes us all incredibly interesting. But I think this idea of rent vesting is they can have that lifestyle, but they're getting their foot in on the ladder so that when they do, if they do want to be an owner-occupier, for example, they can sell that property or ideally they could keep it you know, as equity. But if they do have to, they can at least sell it. And they're in that market because I think the longer that people wait to access that market, the more and more challenging it's going to be. You know, we are expecting more moderate price growth in the years ahead, but we do still expect it to sort of increase, not not to crash and burn and there'd be to some sort of moment where everything starts again and house prices drop substantially. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, some good points. Hey, Alice, thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast and also getting through the entire interview without coughing. (laughs) That's, That's been a first for me. Thank you so much for having me, Craig. It was great to chat. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 